You're listening to As Read By Me, the podcast where writers read and readers listen. Hi, this is Julius Scissor, and this is a story called The Prize, As Read By Me. It was a short time after I graduated from Wilford Academy when the hair contest was announced. The place was Philadelphia at the Bellevue Stratford Hotel. At that time, two hairstyles were trending, the beehive and the French twist. I was keen to do the beehive until I saw Bobby D. Ferdinando's version executed on his model Dawn. It was perfection. No way could I do it better. So I bleached my sister's hair blonde and started practicing the French twist, to which I added a swooping wave above her right eyebrow. For the record, my sister Phyllis is beautiful and was very shy at that time, as was I. So the day of the contest rolled around, and we got dressed in our best, me in a wool and silk black suit from Crass Brothers, thanks Benny, and a pair of Italian shoes fit for Fred Astaire. My sister wore a black silk dress with black gloves to the elbow. She wore pearls and high heels, topped off with my hairdo. She looked like a movie star. The master of ceremonies announced to the 200 or so people in the audience that the countdown would start at 10 and go to first prize, the first prize being a gold statue. My confidence began to wane when he got to the seventh place. I thought, I'll just enjoy the show and watch Bobby walk off with the prize. I was kind of daydreaming, which I always got in trouble for in school, when I heard Frank Pinto and his model win first prize for the pale blonde French twist. My first thoughts went to Bobby. How could this be? My second feeling was visceral. I was elated to the ninth degree. My sister and I were led to the stage like at the Academy Awards, and I was handed the statue. If you ever see the picture of me taken that day, standing on the stage with my sister, you will see in my face what can only be described as ecstasy. I took the trophy, and to applause, I pumped it for more. At that moment, I understood what entertainers live for. Let me tell you, a room full of people applauding is intoxicating. I wanted it to never end. When the applause died down a bit, the MC announced, Tonight, the judges and I have decided to add a grand prize, and it is to go to Bobby D. Ferdinando and his model for the Beehive. That was just what I needed to hear. Bobby got what he deserved, and because of my win, I never had to look for a job. They came looking for me, the owners of the best salons in the Philadelphia area. So I guess we both won. To my mind, it was only fair. However, only one of us was to become the disruptor in the modern haircutting scene, and that would be my altered ego, Julius Scissor. To backtrack a bit, I must tell you, in those days I was not only shy, but lacked confidence as well. Just one year previous to that, I was chased out of Roman Catholic High School by two priests that I confronted after receiving my end-of-year report card. It was replete with enough Fs to send me on my way. Now, Father Kuehl once told me that I had the highest IQ in the class, so I went to him first to plead my case. I said, Father, 
They're throwing me out of school. I can't come back from my senior year. Can you please help? His answer was abrupt. He said, I kept you in this school for the past two years. I won't go to bat for you again. You have threatened too many faculty members with bodily harm. I'm sorry, please leave. I know what he was alluding to. The first day of school, three years previous, I was a 13-year-old, 110-pound, 5-foot-3-inch-tall freshman. After a long day of being intimidated and threatened from class to class, starting in homeroom with Mr. Mace, who was one of the two lay teachers, from priest to priest and class to class, the berating and the intimidation continued. Unknown to us, the priests were afraid of the new arrivals, which included boys from parishes with black and Italian kids from North Philadelphia. So that explains the boot camp environment. My school, St. Stephen's, was redlined, so instead of going to North Catholic like previous grades did, we were sent south to Roman Catholic High. In the past, a prestigious school that was the first Catholic boys' school in America. Now it was considered an inner-city school that was to be ruled with an iron hand so as to keep the faculty safe. After all, this was a time of white flight from the city to the suburbs. So on the first day, I found myself in the back of a room on the third floor in what was to be the religion class, with 15 or so laughing and boisterous kids. In walked the biggest priest I had ever seen, and immediately we were intimidated like Pavlovian dogs. The class quieted, except for me. I was a nervous laugher. I tried to muffle my laugh. Father walked to the front of the room, stepped onto the raised floor, stood behind his desk, and began to spell out his rules for running his class. He stated he would not brook any misbehavior, and with that, he pointed to me wordlessly. With a crooked finger, he motioned me toward him. Of course, I stopped laughing and breathing and walked to the front of the room and stood to where he pointed to his left. I was still and waited for what I did not know would come. The priest went on haranguing the students. He walked to the right of his desk and stopped in front of it. Still talking, he turned towards me and threw a right-handed punch. I had turned my head to my left so as to pay attention when all of a sudden his punch lands on my right eye, dropping me to the floor. I don't remember how I got back to my desk. When I heard the bell ring and everyone quickly left the room, it was just the two of us, him sitting behind his desk with his head down, reading his Bible, and me trying to gain composure and thinking, look what I have done. I've made Jesus' emissary angry enough to hit me. So I got up and walked to his desk and said, Father, forgive me. He looked at me and said, Go home. I did not mean to hit you that hard. So I went home and I lied to my parents when they saw my black eye. I told them I bumped into the big front doors of the school. I was a bit clumsy in those days as I am now because of my deaf right ear. So they believed me. The truth was, I would not have wanted them to make an angry scene at school. After all, I was a kid and didn't want to be embarrassed. For a long time after, whenever I thought of Father's last words, 
I did not mean to hit you that hard. I got angry. You have to understand, I had a father who had four kids, three of us boys and one girl, and he never laid a hand on us in anger. So the fact that this priest, who was the biggest priest in the school, over six foot and at least 220 pounds, punched me, really pissed me off. I just could not stand for it. So from that moment on, whenever a priest looked at me in anger, as though he might hit me, I would somehow get this feral look in my eyes, cold stare into theirs. Father, I'd say, right after you hit me, I'm going to punch you in the face as hard as I can. So they never hit me again, but they flunked me out to get rid of me and forget their failure. It was a big blow to my confidence. So that was why winning the hair contest was so special. They were wrong about me. I was worthy. Thank you for listening to this story. And don't feel sorry for me, because I'm made of steel, coated in rubber, and I always bounce up. Thanks for joining us. If you love the show and want to keep hearing more great stories, there are three ways you can help. You can hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. You can leave a review for the show on iTunes. Or you can go to asreadbyme.com and click the donate button. Every little bit helps us continue to amplify the eclectic collection of stories and voices that make our show unique. If you're a writer or know one who should be on our show, send an email to writers at asreadbyme.com. We'll see you next time on As Read By Me.